Hi, and welcome to Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving, a podcast series by Tharaka Foundation focused on youth mental health. Before we begin today's episode, I just wanted to let you all know that all content that is found in our podcast is created for informational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or therapy. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition, and never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard in this podcast. Thank you so much, and without further ado, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Conflict Management Series. I'm your host, Poonam, and I do have Deborah Lafon with me today. She is a licensed therapist working in this field for more than 22 years. So we have been sharing a lot of wisdom with you over the weeks. And today, I really wanted to focus on the communication skills. So I must admit, I had to learn a lot in this area because I am not born, raised here. And I did not really know, you know, my tone of voice might not be the right tone. And if my kids are not listening to me, why are they not listening to me? So because of that, I think communication skills or communication gap, I felt we had few conflicts and I could have definitely resolved it, but it's never late. So today I would like to focus on that topic. So Deborah, tell us, like, do you have any such cases where parents are more aggressive and they are uh, using maybe sometimes harsh words and kids are not liking it and they have conflicts with their parents because of the different communication styles? Yeah, I think that each child is so individual, so it's important to know what kind of communication strategy works well with them. But tone of voice is a big one that parents need to really work hard on having a neutral, calm tone of voice. And if they're not able to in that moment, it's a good idea to disengage and take a few moments to collect themselves and then have that conversation. And oftentimes children and teens will say, my parents were yelling at me. And I would say that sort of in quotes when it isn't, it's a tone of voice, it's a facial expression, it's body language, it's communicating something that perhaps you're not meaning to communicate. So it's important to recognize those are all factors and then understanding you know, each child responds a little bit differently to the way that you communicate information. Some are okay with giving really direct feedback. Some do better when you give more information and maybe say it a little bit softer. So it's important to know your child and then it's important to figure out how to bridge those gaps in communication before they become really problematic because communication styles tend to develop over time and communication patterns. And then it becomes a vicious cycle and not knowing how to break out of it. And oftentimes I see people that come into my office, it's when they have gotten into a communication style or pattern and it's no longer effective and they can't break out of that. So the communication is really broken down and that's something that we work on a lot in our sessions is how to rebuild the communication. And as you said, it's never too late. There's always a hope and always a chance to start and always an opportunity to improve communication. 
we do know conflicts happen due to differences in communication styles. I did attend one class. The name of the class was Effective Communication. It was mm-hmm. very deep experience for me to attend that class because in that class, we have been taught to listen. Like we were sitting in silence for a while just to be present and listen what other person is saying instead of jumping ahead. So I learned that active listening skill, which I did not know before that. So can you please educate us more what this active listening is and how it can help teens and parents to build better relationships? I think the important piece you already touched on is listening and not just listening because what I hear often from teens and kids that come to see me is the parents seem to listen, but they don't really hear them. So they will say to me, you're the first person that's ever really heard me. So part of active listening is you listen and then you really hear. So you will summarize what you heard them saying and then ask clarifying question. Am I hearing that correctly? Is this what you're communicating to me? If not, can you help me understand what you're saying? So that's an important part of it. But the listening is the most important part and really staying present and being there in the moment. That's what parents need to do with their children and teens is without distractions, the TV's not on, no phone, just sitting and listening to what they have to say and then giving them some feedback on what you heard and clarifying, making sure that you understood it correctly and if not, asking them to give you more information. Absolutely. So, Deborah, another aha moment for me was, like, I never made eye contact when I was talking to my kids. I was either in the kitchen or in the other room asking a question. And then sometimes I did listen to them partially. Sometimes I did not understand them, right? So in that class, I did learn I need to make that eye contact. As you were saying, you know, body language is also important. Is my kid listening to me? Am I understanding what my child is trying to say? So after attending that class, uh, the teacher had given us a homework exercise and asked us to make eye contact with the child. And mm-hmm. I it was an amazing experience. My child was not ready to make that contact. Even he was super busy. His head was down. And I just stood nearby him, and he then looked up, and he said, why are you standing here? Are we not done? <laughs> Talking. So I said, look into my eyes and let's now talk. It was, I think, even different experience for him as well. So what I felt, you know, we busy parents, we are multitasking and we are really not making that connection, that deep connection or relationship with our own child. And we are just, you know, talking without even listening to each other. Right. So I really felt very different when I made that eye contact. So now, and I make sure I do have that contact. And as you're saying, distraction-free, that quality time. Yes, you cannot spend many hours. That's absolutely fine. But are you having that undivided attention and quality time with your child? That was my learning from that uh, class and active listening. Oh my God, it definitely made a huge difference. And so I do paraphrase what my child is saying. I do tell them 
by saying, yes, I do understand where you are coming from. So that they do feel that assurance. They do feel like, yes, my parent is listening to me. So my advice to all the parents is like, do build that relationship. I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I learned it hard way. And I will tell you another story. When I used to pick my child from the daycare, I will ask, uh, how was your day? And it was just one word, fine. And I had really hard time asking more information. I think maybe because I was multitasking. So do you have any other advice for our parents, you know, how do we get more information out of our kids instead of nagging them or, you know, pushing them too hard? Any advice to connect on a deeper level with our teens? I think starting with asking more open-ended questions, like tell me what you did today, uh, what did you learn in school today, then also parents sharing, hey, this is what happened in my day, and it can be anything and not putting sort of pressure expectation that they have to talk about something of incredible significance. It can just be small talk to start with. That's usually where I encourage parents and teens to start. And then you already have that skill set to build on when more emotionally charged or difficult issues come up. You already have that. So you can bring those up without it not having sort of those tools to draw on. And I think you said something really important having that time and you don't have to have hours of time a lot of times what i encourage parents to do is have a check-in even if it's just once a week and parents will have their list of things perhaps that they want to talk about and then i encourage the teen or the child to if there are things that they want to talk about so it's a devoted time just to that communication because if there's multitasking the message that's being communicated indirectly is that it's not significant or important so probably you're not going to get the outcome that you want if it's not sitting down. But as you said, initially making eye contact and really sitting down, it feels uncomfortable. So sometimes what I offer is like just not looking directly at each other, but maybe sitting side by side or sitting where you don't have to feel like you're staring at each other and then work towards making eye contact. But having that devoted time where you're actually just focused on the communication and it can be short, five minutes. It doesn't have to be a long conversation. Just showing that each of you are invested in that, and especially for parents, like I'm here and I'm really listening and paying attention, but open-ended questions are better. But don't be surprised, teenagers aren't really forthcoming with information. Unfortunately, in most instances, they want to share information with, is with their parents. That's part of developmental stage, but doesn't mean that you can't still have communication. It's a skill set that you need to build together with your teenager. Yep, and other thing what I observed, uh, Deborah, I was asking what went well in your day, but then mm-hmm. I learned it's okay to ask what did not go well, because we do not have perfect day every day, so it's okay to even, you know, ask those experience which maybe made them unhappy, right? So I did learn, as you were saying, asking uh, open-ended question, it did help. So other thing what I did and having that one-on-one time if you do have two kids or three kids and you're not able to give that time in a family setting so do have that one-on-one outing like i go to starbucks maybe you know in that environment kids feels more connected with you or do that ice cream social kind of thing 
I felt even at work, sometimes managers, they take away us from the work environment so that we are feeling more comfortable expressing ourselves. So I learned from there. I said, why don't I do that at home? And it really helped, you know, making that coffee time together or now I do cook with my daughter. We have really good time cooking and talking and making that laugh and connection so different stages of the childhood, I had to adopt different methods of communication and that connection. So it, it was wonderful uh, to learn all those active listening skills, tone of the voice. And tell us, Deborah, something about, you know, sometimes we need to remind our teens multiple times to maybe keep the room clean or, you know, do you eat on time? Are you done with your homework? Any advice on that front? Like, I do not want to sound like I'm nagging my child, but I want to make sure the child is doing the right things. So any advice for such things? That's kind of where the what I've done with teenagers in particular is the weekly check-in. So parents can check in. And this is if your child's already responsible and you know they're staying on top of their tasks. So then it doesn't come across as nagging on a daily basis because that's what I hear from teens. Ah, mom or dad, they're constantly nagging me, asking me the same thing. I'm taking care of it. They need to trust me. I'm being responsible. So having a weekly check-in, the things that maybe questions that you have, did you finish your homework? Is there anything that you know, you need to follow up on, are you making sure that, you know, you're taking care of your household responsibilities? I think that that's a good strategy that I found that works typically for teens and for parents. But then again, it just depends on the unique situation of that particular teenager. But it's also good not to ask too many times or give too many reminders because as teenagers are growing up, then they have more freedom, but then it also comes with responsibility. So giving them the opportunity to show that they are responsible means not asking them or following up behind them so often, but checking in to make sure that they are doing that. So it's a fine line, it's a delicate balance, but I think it's important to find that with your particular teenager or child, because it's different for each one. Like perhaps if your teen is struggling with mental health issues, it will look very different than a child that doesn't have mental health issues or a teenager. And some teenagers and children do really well with structured schedules. And so then they can follow the schedule. You don't have to, follow up behind them, or you can say, hey, did you meet the target goals on your schedule? Some don't like that. So it's knowing and understanding your child well and your teenager well, and then in terms of checking in with them, doing that in a way that is conducive to who they are and what works best for them. Absolutely. So Deborah, I will tell you another story with my son. He's part of a Boy Scout troop and he has bi-weekly meeting every Tuesday. Um, when I'm at home, I do remind him and ask him, do you have a meeting tonight? Uh, so that has been working out great. So one mm -hmm. time I was not at home and he forgot to attend the meeting and later he felt very bad. So I told him, just don't depend on me. Why don't you put a calendar reminder in your calendar, use the technology. So I think it was good. He did miss one time. He realized to take that ownership and then have that responsibility. So sometimes I felt like it's a good idea not to make them dependent on me, right? So they need to develop that sense of responsibility. 
but I need to showcase them or maybe give them ideas. Even so, that's what I do now. I do put calendar and white if it is a doctor appointment. So I had been doing that when they were young, but now they are teens. They have developed that good habit, so they do put uh, things on their own calendar. I do not need to remind them so everything went well. But as a parent, I think I had to showcase them how they can use technology to their benefit. And yeah. it's okay if they did miss one or two, but, but they learn from it. You know, that learning from your mistake is more important. I think that's right. what my experience is. So building on the adult skills that they're going to need, right? So they need to have that where they're not gonna have mom or dad to follow up with them when they go away to college, they need to have those skills. And so he missed the meeting, it's not like he missed a huge test in school, not that Boy Scouts isn't important, but that was a good lesson for him to learn, like I need to be on top of my calendar, I missed a meeting, I don't wanna miss a meeting, so I need to be on top of my schedule. Yes, yes, so I think that's what our learning was, you know, it's okay, I had been reminding him for so long, but it is now the time to give him that responsibility. And you said, you know, and now he's, part of high school and he needs to soon think about going to college and becoming independent. So right. it's very important for us parents to teach those skills before our kids are heading out to college. The wonderful conversation with you today, Deborah, really learned a lot about the communication skills. Active listening is important. You know, not do not nag your kids, rather build that relationship and showcase them how to own the activity or you know, any responsibility you want them to own by leading by example. So we will definitely connect again next week. Uh, we will summarize all of our learning, what we have been learning for so far. So if you have any questions, do let us know. We are here to help you listen to you. Thank you so much for joining us, Deborah. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Mindful, Beautiful and Thriving, a podcast series by Tarika Foundation focused on youth mental health. If you like our podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Stay safe and healthy. Till next time.